0: When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. One of the leaders of the synagogue, named Jairus, came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, repeatedly, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him, and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for twelve years. She had endured much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talithakum, which means, Little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was twelve years of age. At this, they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this, and told them to give her something to eat. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Uh, this is one of those texts. It's rather long, and it deals with two things that seem to work together, but they have two uh, different gospel outcomes for us here. This is this is Mark chapter five. And and the first is Jairus and his daughter. We're gonna we're gonna look at that first here really quick. Um, Jairus, a leader in the synagogue, someone someone who who would have some power, some authority, someone that people would know, someone that people would love. He comes because he hears that Jesus is there. I'm assuming. He comes because the crowd has gathered, and he knows this Jesus can do something. And he falls at his feet and begs him to heal his daughter, to keep her from death, uh, which I think is a normal reaction of any parent, right? We'd fall on our knees before God and beg God to do the work that needs to be done for us, right? And so Jesus goes with him. Now, we have this whole situation that happens in between there, but, but I want to... Uh, look at that separately here with the woman, but, but continuing with Jairus as we get down to verse 35 and, and the, the people say to him, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? They, they say this in part because they don't know Jesus. They, they think that it's a trouble or it's a problem for, for Jesus to do what he was sent to do in the first place, which is to forgive sin and to raise the dead. Uh, but they're also basically saying it's done. There's nothing you can do. There's no other course of action. There's no other help for you because people die and and death is final. There's nothing we can do about that, right? But Jesus overhears it and he just looks at the leader of the synagogue. He doesn't rebuke the messengers. He doesn't really preach much. All he says is, do not fear or be not afraid. Only believe or only trust. Only trust that this is not the end. That this, this death thing that your child has suffered is not the end of the story here just trust me on this and so they trust and they go with him and then he sees all the people wailing and Jesus brings hope Jesus Jesus sizes the location there Jesus sizes the people that are, that are there because he takes the the curse of death he takes the the law of death And he breaks it, and he turns it into something else, and he brings hope instead, right? He says, she's not dead, but sleeping, where it is that in Christ, death becomes something different than death. And then he raises her. Quite literally, he says, little girl, arise. Whispering the name that she has, little girl, (laughs) little daughter, arise. And immediately she gets up, and everyone's amazed, and they should be. But that is the work of Christ. He meets us in our desperation, and oftentimes we don't see the outcome that we expect. That there may be a lot of us who have prayed for healing, and healing hasn't come. But that lack of healing is not the end of the story. That the end of the story is always Christ. Christ is the period at the end of every one of our sentences for us, and because he's Christ and he's a living Christ, he's one who is alive, risen, sitting at the right hand of the Father. That period can move however he wants it, and it can be turned into a comma, be turned into a semicolon, turned into question mark, all those things, because that is his power. And here that's what he does for this father, and that's part of our belief, our trust, is to trust Christ when all is lost. This sort of goes along with our gospel from last week. Well, now we have the woman. I want I want to look at the woman separately, because this is a big deal. She's suffering from bleeding for 12 years, Uh, that kind of bleeding that women suffer from, but constantly for 12 years. Now imagine the physical suffering she's going through, the weakness, the difficulty, the embarrassment, the inconvenience, but then also, according to the law, she's unclean, perpetually unclean. Anything she sat on or touched or laid upon would have to be washed because it would be unclean until, even if it was washed, it'd be unclean until evening. Um, and then anyone she touched or anybody that touched her would be unclean until evening. And so she sneaks up to Jesus and she tells herself, if I just touch him, I'll be clean. I'll be saved. I'll be made well. I'll be made whole. And so she does. She touches him. She trusted him that this one was a different kind of person, a different kind of physician. This one was a physician that um, didn't need PPE. He wasn't going to turn her away because she was unclean. In fact, he takes the uncleanness upon himself and the unclean woman touches him and she's made whole. She's saved from that. And Jesus does not condemn her. All he wants her to do is confess. She confess confesses. He says, Daughter, your faith has made you well. The word there is saved. You, Your faith, your trust in me as who I am as the one who wants unclean people to cling to him that he might wash them. And it says, Go in peace. You're at peace now. You're freed of your disease. He says, Be healed of your disease. Be made whole is what the word actually means. That she had no wholeness She had no holiness or wholeness. She needed to be cleansed and purified, and the only way that that came was through Christ. And it's this beautiful picture of us in our sin, in our shame, in our pain, in our frustrations, in our difficulties. That Christ is not one waiting for perfect people. He's not one waiting for the clean. He's one waiting for the unclean. He actually wants the unclean. He goes searching for the unclean, that he might cleanse them, that the glory might be his, not ours. We give thanks to God for that. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, we implore you to hear the prayers of your people. Be our strong defense against all harm and danger, that we may live and grow in faith and hope through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, church. Go in peace, serve the Lord. I uh, pray that you have a wonderful summer here. And we'll be back again soon with a new look at this at this podcast doing a few different things. But uh, have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you later.